Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Big episode here uh, to round out the week. Lots of different topics discussed here. This may be a longer episode. It certainly will be than maybe some previous ones. At the tail end, which is the majority of this episode, I have a discussion with an anonymous mother from Ohio who had two children who were attending universities here in the state. One was attending Ohio State University and the other was attending Kent State University. She describes the fight that they had regarding the testing, the mask wearing, the shot taking, and all of it. And not to summarize our entire discussion, but she essentially did not comply. And neither did her children. And both universities ended up leaving them alone. Now, this took a lot of paperwork. It took filling out the exemptions. It took pushback. They even received pushback from the universities, but then they pushed back again. And ultimately, it was sheer noncompliance that ended up doing the trick because they knew, by they, of course, I mean the universities, they know that what they're doing is illegal. They're completely aware, and they have been flooded with paperwork from countless people, countless lawyers, and they all know that all of this has been illegal, and they've all broken the law. And they have no idea what's coming here in the coming months. So that's the tail end of this episode. But there are a number of stories here that I wanted to briefly cover here first. This first comes from the state of Florida. And now the state of Florida is hiring veterans and their spouses without any teaching experience because they are experiencing uh, job loss among educators at a rate that is astounding. So I'm going to play the entire audio here from the news outlet, but I want to just briefly read this right here at the beginning. And this comes from Fox and, uh, Fox2now.com, rather, or News Nation. And it says, quote, Without, with about three weeks left until students start the new school year, Florida is taking a new approach to address its current teacher shortage. It's turning to veterans and their spouses to head, in, to head to the classroom and teach. The Florida Education Association reports that 9,000 vacancies, 4,300 teaching jobs, and 5,200 non-teaching essential jobs. At the same time, the state is trying to expand workforce opportunities for veterans and their spouses. This is all tied to $8.6 million the state announced that would be used to expand career and workforce training opportunities for military veterans and their spouses. So now they can teach uncertified for uh, approximately five years. And it says active duty service members of the U.S. Armed Forces or Reserve Unit are eligible. The spouses of active duty service members of the U.S. Armed Forces or Reserve Unit are eligible. Veterans who were honorably discharged or retired from service as members of the U.S. Armed Forces or Reserve Units are eligible. The spouses of veterans who were honorably discharged or retired from service as members of the U.S. Armed Forces or Reserve Units are eligible and the surviving spouses of veterans or service members who died while on active duty as members of the U.S. Armed Services or Reserve Units are eligible. Uh, This isn't going over well, in particular with the teacher's union head, one in particular, and you're going to hear her stupid mouth here in just a minute, 
Here's the thing, though. It's not a black or white issue, as you've heard me bring up in episodes before. Hiring veterans is not sustainable to use their terminology. It won't last. The vast majority of, of veterans who enter these positions are either entering because they are either naive, desperate, or they are already radical, and they want to increase their radical influence with minors. The morally sound and value-driven veterans who want to become school teachers end up leaving within two to three years anyway. Because again, as you've heard me say in the past, what they end up experiencing from an administrative level is a lack of support, so to speak. And by support, I simply mean those administrators doing their jobs so that it doesn't wash over inside of the classroom and become the teacher's problem, in particular when it comes to discipline. This won't work. But what you're hearing now and what you're going to hear from this female uh, union rep is that she's just flat out insulting these military members by basically saying, hey, look, we care about students, we care about our job, and this devalues education. What she fails to understand is that she herself has already devalued it because, of course, they've all engaged in the most sanctioned example of child abuse known to man within the last two and a half years. So here's that news report audio. It's about four minutes long, uh, and I'll play it right now. Here we go. It's turning to veterans and their spouses to head the classroom and teach. The Florida Education Association reports more than 9,000 vacancies, 4,300 teaching jobs, and 5,200 non-teaching essential jobs. At the same time, the state is trying to expand workforce opportunities for veterans and their spouses, so they took those two issues and they put them together. Now new legislation allows them to teach without a college degree. To discuss that now, we're going to bring in Cameron Ward, Carmen Ward, rather, excuse me, she is the president of the Alachua County Education Association. Good morning. Sorry for messing up your name. I got it right eventually. <laughs> no worries, Mitch. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So uh, this is Governor DeSantis' plan. It allows vets and their spouses to work with a temporary teacher certificate for five years. So what are your thoughts on the state hiring veterans and their spouses without degrees to teach? I think this is a way to devalue the teaching profession. And we, in the, I'm part of the Florida Education Association. I'm the president of the Alachua County Education Association, and we are always fighting to lift our profession up. We have a lot of veterans that work currently in our schools. However, they have four-year degrees because it is an academic position. It requires that the person who is teaching the subject matter have academic experience with that subject matter. And not to mention that teachers have pedagogy. Um, it is not just a science, but an art to be able to teach children to read. We do not believe that anyone, regardless of their um, education, can be a, a teacher in a classroom. Well, in this case, we're talking about a lack of education, but you are required to have four years military service, 60 plus college credits. The spouses are invited too. it just seems like they're sort of they got two objectives here, which is to fill teaching vacancies and get jobs for veterans. So they're like, we'll kill two birds with one stone. But then you have kids in classrooms with people that have never taught their subject 
And um, I don't know. I mean, I could see these folks being substitute teachers, but do you worry about the actual content of what will be taught by folks that aren't experts in their field? Absolutely. We do all need to be concerned with the watering down of um, our of public education. Public education has been the gold standard for education in this country. Most of the students <laughs> in the state of Florida are publicly educated. Nine, about 90% go to public schools. And so we think it is, it's just essential that it be quality education. And that is why we've always had a higher standard than the private schools, than the charter schools. Public schools have the highest standards for educators. And our governor is, um, you know, destroying that. Well, okay. Now, one more thing on the side of military members teaching here, they are often thrown into things that they may not have been fully trained for, and they are supposed to be adaptable. So might they be a pretty good solution here? Is it possible this could succeed despite your misgivings? Well, I would think that it would be a better idea if they would come in with at the, at the baseline of being a paraprofessional or a substitute teacher to give them a full classroom to experiment with, I think is, is short-sighted. So right. I think, you know, we want, we want to raise educated human beings in our, in our country. And so we need to do the very best by them. And I don't think this is the best idea. Well, that is Carmen Ward. She is the president of the Alachua County Education Association. Thank you for joining us this morning. You are welcome. The gold standard, ladies and gentlemen, the gold standard of American education is and has always been public schooling. She's an idiot. There's no way around it. She's a big, dumb idiot. She has to say these things, not only because she's an idiot, but she has to say these things because she has to justify her participation in a collapsing line of work. It's collapsing. And notice how her solution, she even said, won't work. I mean, she may have gotten tongue-tied and she may have not meant to say what she said, but she said, I would prefer that they come in with substitute teaching or paraprofessional experience. Uh, but 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 that won't work. Well, then what's your solution? Oh, that's right. You have none. You have none. You don't have a solution. You just bitch and moan like everybody else in the profession, and that's about it. The middle road answer to this is that it won't work, but it won't work for the reasons she's pointing out. It It simply won't work for the reasons that I have pointed out here which is that the problem is deeper. The problem is deeper than just filling a position. You can fill a position with a bag of sand if you want. Ultimately, you'll have very similar problems. People will say the bag of sand isn't teaching me. I'm talking to the bag of sand. It's not talking back. Um, I'm basically in this classroom alone. I'm not getting any assistance from this bag of sand. What's going on? But when you have, again, military individuals who may have high expectations, those high expectations are not going to be met because this environment is a degenerate one. There's another element, the workplace bullying element. 
I guarantee that veterans who take on these positions who are uncertified, spouses or veterans themselves, who have never maybe taught in a, in a K-12 public school, even if they have, it won't matter. The workplace bullying that they're going to experience at the hands of people who hold a four-year degree or a master's degree is going to be exponential. It will be a level of workplace bullying that perhaps they themselves, even having been in the military, have never experienced. Because workplace bullying in the K-12 industry is next level. It's Mario Brothers level nine. And, it, and that doesn't even exist in Mario Brothers. It is, it is arguably one of the worst environments for childhood behavior among adults. Backstabbing, rumor spreading, etc., etc. They're going to enter these environments looking for help as, as novices, so to speak, and they're not going to find it by and large. There will be some people there who will help. No doubt about it. That's, it's, a, it's just math. There will be people there who will be willing to help these veterans, but they're going to get a massive dose of reality when it comes to what really goes on within K-12 schools, and, uh, and it's going to take a toll on them, and it won't last. So again, these are Band-Aids on a gushing artery, and you can throw eight point some odd million dollars at this problem, but you're still just buying Band-Aids. You're not fixing the root of the issue. And no, based on this union individual, who again is a total dope, they are not concerned with teaching the content and the content being accurate within American K-12 schools. If that were the case, then you wouldn't need this particular method that's being used now to patch over all of your problems. See, what the reporter could have asked her was, what's your solution to this then? He didn't say that really. She said, well, we prefer this and this, but that won't even work. Well, then what is your actual solution? And like I said earlier, she has none. So you can expect this to happen in, in, uh, in multiple states. You can expect this to continue to be a big, big problem. It's going to be a large waste of money. And I feel bad for them. I really do. I feel bad for veterans who are entering this profession because they um, maybe want to make a difference, but they're going to find out that they are outnumbered and overwhelmed. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be good. Okay. I want to mention this also, and this was fantastic, um, and it's great to hear from them. I was going to email them. And she emailed me back, and it requires a bit of a reintroduction. You may recall, uh, I talked to her at least once. Her name is Paula, and she was a Canadian truck driver. And she fought the system as best she could. She traveled internationally from the States to Canada, back and forth and all around. And uh, back in the winter time. And pre-Christmas time, we were communicating on a regular basis about what she was experiencing in Canada and what the trucking business was experiencing. And again, she appeared on the show, I think, at least twice, or at least once, certainly, I think, twice, to provide some updates as to what was going on. And then, of course, her son Damien and his girlfriend Stacy were on a number of times also talking about 
uh, fedsforfreedom.ca, the website that they started to, again, defend themselves against the federal government, the shot mandates, and all of it. Well, they all lost their jobs, as you may recall. And I just got an update from Paula over email because I was just again about to email her, and I'm glad that she, uh, I'm glad she emailed me back. And she said the following. She said this. She said, "Hi, Sean. I always listen to your podcasts and watch the This Is War videos every day. Thanks for your consistent efforts. It is appreciated. I have found a job where the vax mandates aren't applicable." but the pay is half compared to driving truck across border. I remain unvaxxed and unmasked. Exclamation point. I love it. She said, I'm working in a small factory making signs with Stacy. You asked in your podcast for updates from Canada, so I thought I would send you a note. The stupid, quote-unquote, we are observing at this place is unbelievable. The Vades is rearing its ugly head in the place as in this place as well. In the last week and a half, eleven people were off sick, leaving only seven staff members working. All of the sick employees are injected, and the pure bloods are still working and healthy. I was told to put a mask on due to COVID running rampant. I politely declined and said, No thanks, I still have an immune system intact, I'm good, unquote. The boss stared at me like a deer in headlights, but backed off. The sick staff must have two negative tests to return to work and then wear a mask for five days. I'm watching this stupidity and the people complying as well. It is so frustrating. Stacy and I continue to speak up and try to shake up the mass, inf- the mass formation psychosis on a daily basis. We refuse to be silent. Today, the two men in charge of this place were standing in my room at work, fully masked, three times jabbed, and sweating profusely. The one boss stated he was having trouble breathing today, laughing my ass off. I calmly stated I am not struggling to breathe at all. Stacy is temporarily back working for the federal government as the mandate has been suspended for now. We are anticipating more abuse this autumn from Castro Jr., though. I hope all is well in your world, considering the insanity at this time. Blessing to you and your family, Paula. Paula, I cannot tell you uh, how great it is to hear from you. Thank you for the email. Like I said, I was I, I I was going to email you. Even my aunt was asking, "How's how's Paula and and Damien and Stacy? You know, you got to email them and and find out." And I said, "I'm I'm going to I'm going to," and then you immediately emailed me. So the timing was perfect. Uh, definitely keep us updated as to what's going on. We're thinking about you. Our prayers are with you without a doubt. Thanks for continuing to wake people up. And uh, believe me, we fully know what's going on as far as the mass psychosis is concerned. We're, we're still seeing it here. In, in fact, it leads me to this next subject, which, which of course has to do with the return to school policies that are now rolling out uh, among American schools. They are jabbing children like nobody's business now. Schools, again, are, are throwing as many vaccines as they, as they can at children, and um, it's not going to end well. Now, apparently, in the local du- school district where, where I live, uh, allegedly they are forcing the meningitis shot on people. And from what, what I've read about it, it's completely useless. 
In fact, the meningitis, the, the most, uh, what is it, uh, 70% of all meningitis cases occur before the age of five, and it contains strain B, and there's at least five strains of meningitis. The vaccine does not have strain B in it, which means the vaccine is useless, 100% useless. It's poison. It includes all of the things that are in flu shots, the carcinogens, the aluminum, the formaldehyde, the poison, everything that does not belong in their bodies. And depending on the school district, of course, they are multi-injecting students almost every other grade level. So there's another school district that I'm very familiar with where they want seventh graders and then high school students just two years or two or three years after that to receive, what is it, tetanus, diphtheria, and something else. It's um, DTAP, if I'm not mistaken, or TDAP, whatever the hell. So it's, it's, th it's three separate shots, including a meningitis shot. Ladies and gentlemen, if we have 50% of these individuals who are minors who already have these COVID poison bioweapons running through them, what are these other shots going to do with them on top of that? They're not going to survive. American K-12 schools are in the kill business now. I cannot emphasize this enough. The only thing I'm not doing right now is screaming at the top of my lungs. That's the only thing I'm not doing. I'm trying to keep this as calm as I can from a tone perspective. But these environments are killing children and are going to kill them. You have got to homeschool your children now. If you know people who are still sending them to these environments, tell them about Abeka.com, which apparently Abeka is running commercials now on, uh, on television, which is great. It's great. Get on Abeka's YouTube channel and check out their commercials. I put a couple of them up on my Gab, uh, my Gab page. One of them is a family that just travels. They go boating, they go sailing, they just travel, and their kids are in a Becca. And I, I mean, the comments, I basically just said, uh, I think I said something like, quick, call the authorities on these parents for being badasses. Because it's incredible. No gov government overreach. No, no shot taking, no poisoning, no bullying, no harassment, no physical violence, nothing. I've put these up in my store, too. I got a whole line of t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, you name it, saying it's okay to homeschool. It's okay to homeschool. People have got to do this. Think of the mental and emotional toll that it's going to take on minors when they see their peers dropping dead in the middle of math class. This will happen. These videos, again, Will, will start to be produced at a rate that we cannot keep track of. It's inevitable. I can feel it in my bones. This is going to be a ter uh, just an awful, awful thing. Uh, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. Okay. Because, again, you know, even Donald Trump said at this Turning Point USA thing, which I'm not a Turning Point USA fan by any stretch, I don't like these organizations. I don't like them. But Donald Trump got right to the point. And he did say, 
you have to liberate your children from these environments. He did not say at that last speech that he gave at Turning Point USA that you should work to change the system. That's not what he suggested. He point blank said you need to quote unquote liberate your children from these schools. That means, ladies and gentlemen, remove them. As you've heard me say, the shit's going to hit the fan here, and you don't want your kids around these environments when it does, because it will be too late by then. Okay. Uh, Here's the last thing. Jesse James sent me this, and this is beyond odd, but it should tell you how the grifting works. Oh, speaking of grifting, before I get to this article, guess who's going to be writing a book in prison as they are allegedly already serving their 60-day prison sentence or jail sentence? If you said Simone Gold, you would be correct. There was a brief little four-minute interview I saw where a a girl, younger gal, gave an interview to Simone Gold in the atrium of some building. And Simone said, yep, in a couple of days, I mean, she was all peppy and smiles. In a couple of days, I'm going to jail and I'm going to eat less and I'm going to sleep more and I'm going to be able to read and write my new book. That's what she said. Grifting right to the end. So there's that. Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Okay, this comes from MLive.com, Michigan. And it's titled Oxford High School Grad Vigil Singer Competing on America's Got Talent. She was inside Oxford High School when four of her fellow students were shot and killed last year, of course, by Nathan Crumbly. She then helped, I'm sorry, Ethan Crumbly, my apologies. Uh, She then helped her community heal by singing at the candlelight vigil. Now, this recent graduate is is auditioning in front of a national TV audience on America's Got Talent. No way I get her name. Ava Swazowski, if I'm saying that right, or Ava Swiss, as she goes by, airs tonight on NBC Reality, blah, blah, blah. That was the other day on the 26th. I got to tell you. Um, she should know better, but she doesn't because she's a minor and this is the society we live in. And it's, I think it's disgusting, uh, trying to make a buck and trying to be in the limelight on the backs of her dead peers. It, uh, it's disgusting and shame on her parents, shame on her parents, because we know again that someone in that in that area and in that community, either threw her name out there or even worse, she herself did it and uh, got up on her soapbox and then again used this as a pedestal, these dead kids' backs as a pedestal to, um, to sing in this televised competition TV show, reality show, crap fest. I think it's gross. I just think it's gross. So that's my two cents on that. Okay, please stay tuned here because now you're going to hear my discussion with who I'm calling Anonymous Ohio Mom, and uh, she is a perfect example of, again, what happens when you push back and you simply do not comply, in particular at the university level. 
So give this a listen, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great weekend, and I'll catch you on Monday. You know, before this really got crazy with the vaccines, I sensed it was going to get crazy. Like, it was going to become, like, tyrannical, which it has been. Yeah. And so, you know, my immediate, you know, uh, mom could kicked in to protect my kids because I saw it coming. You know, that they're going to mandate this. I just saw it coming. So initially what I did was just send letters basically informing the presidents of various universities, you know, my children's and some friends of mine, <laughs> their, their children's, you know, that the, the, they had no legal authority to do it because it was under EUA, citing the FDA. Oh, I don't remember it now. Um, BBB, whatever it was from the FDA when they when when it came down that 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 you know because this was you know not approved. You know, I don't have the exact um, F- FDA ruling on top of, the, of my head, but um, which I should. But anyhow. So, you know, sent the, you know, claim that um, I got some information from Children's Health Defense, which is a great organization, you know, because they originally had put out letters, you know, that, that you know, put a lot of these facts out, you know. Sure. So myself not being a lawyer, you know, was able to cite certain things. So it was kind of like a proactive thing to let them know, like, hey, don't even think about it because legally you can't do this. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you about Ohio State because I, I talked about them a lot at least a year ago because for the first time ever, they had taken – they had decided, of course, that they were going to mandate the shots. Um, and then they said, I believe by November, if you weren't quote-unquote vaccinated, then you had to have both shots basically within a month. That you had to have your first shot by a certain date in October, and then you had to have your second shot by a certain date in November. And I thought to myself, again, they've really jumped the shark on this. Because, again, not only do they have no idea what they're doing, but uh, all of that, well, you have to wait a certain amount of months before you take your next shot is out of the window. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they got one of those letters. But they were chomping at the bit, just waiting for the quote-unquote approval. So the day after Joe Biden announced that it was approved, comernity, or however the heck you say it, I've heard it pronounced so many different ways, that then the next day, Ohio said, and I believe it was August 28th, I believe that was the date, said, we're requiring it. So they, they, they were just waiting they were just waiting, you know, and, and so, uh, um, and and basically, then a week later, Kent State followed, uh, and then some other, I think, Akron U followed, you know. So, anyhow, yeah, they felt like dominoes. They did. They absolutely did because they were chomping at the bit for it. Yeah. And if you follow the money, follow the money, right? You know, because they're getting Esser's funds. And uh, they're getting money for this. For And the claim, unfortunately, disgraceful, that Joe Biden made wasn't true because there's still questions about that. 
But at the time, even if comornity was approved, there was none of it was for sale in the United States of America. Yeah, you know, I heard that comornity doesn't even exist. I heard that too recently. Yeah. I heard that too recently. Um, but at the time, even when he said that, no one did their due diligence to double check. It wasn't available. And then they said, oh, it was the same as Pfizer. Well, no. If you look at the papers for the FDA, it was legally distinct. So it wasn't the same. So there was so much misinformation that went along with this. And unless you were a very concerned student or parent really thinking critically and not being led by fear, number one, to intimidation, then you just kind of went along because there was just so much deceptive information out there. Yeah. And, and you know, that the, just the word approved is so inaccurate. I would, pe people would tell me that I talked to, oh, it's approved. No, it's not. It's authorized for emergency use an approved medical device or medication has a package insert, okay? If you got any of the vaccines at the time, and I don't know now, but at that time, and you asked for the package insert, it said intentionally blank. That is not conspiracy, that is truth. I didn't witness it with my own eyes personally, but my sister did at a CVS when she asked for it. Yeah, it's certainly, well, it is a conspiracy. It's just a fallacy. Right. I mean, right. The, they try to, they try, and any, any, you know, it just saddens me that, 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 that so many people just went along with this. It saddens me because it's not hair color. Right. And we do not know what the long-term effects are. We do not know. And any physician or medical professional that tells you it's safe and effective, they are, I, I would run from them because they cannot say that because there have been no long-term studies. Everyone that took it is a guinea pig is in the study if it's it's not even being monitored though i mean nothing is controlled about it nothing is controlled about it i mean we have never seen anything like this but the coercion and there was no legal authority for any of these schools they had no legal authority to do this okay they, they just can't they, you just can't because it is against First of all, it is an experiment, the Nuremberg Code, but also, um, you know, it's it's not it's not it's not approved. If if people have a, objections, you can't. There is nothing on the schedule for vaccines for college, even the MMR. 
And if you go to the college websites, now I'm sure it's changed. But for the one that I went to with Kent, okay, so, you know, and the same thing with Ohio State. If you go on, you know, their vaccination, you could just easily write something and say, you know, I, I, I don't want to take this, you know, and, you know, whatever it is. The only one for college that we have, and it even says require, it, it's interesting, again, another semantic um, is the MMR, which, again, they, you don't have to inject anything. We've always had an option for vaccines. And that goes all the way down to whatever age. I mean, this is something you're putting into your body. You know, if, if you don't feel like, you know, that you want to, you know, uh, mess with God's natural immune system given to you at birth, then that parent has that right to choose that for their child. And when that child becomes of age, they have their own right to choose that. And that's just our constitution. Yeah. You know, so there's always been, you know, there's always been that if you escape clause, if you will, and accepted because they, because we have a constitution. And you know, a lot of those exemptions that students filled out, even staff members, numerous staff members, whether they again be teaching staff or working staff, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, maintenance staff, whatever on these university campuses were denied. Which they have no, they have no, and the few brave lawyers that took this on at the time, okay, at the time, not now, but at the time, were successful. There was one for a, I believe they were soccer, a soccer team out of, I want to say it was Eastern Michigan College, and I believe it was Great Lakes was the name of the law firm and they took on this take case for the soccer because they were really pushing the athletes first so that you maybe didn't have to do it for the whole university but these athletes they really were pushing for so these girls on the soccer team say no and there was like i think maybe six of them i don't remember how many and great lakes took it on and they won and this is way back when and they set precedent for the state of ohio indiana michigan and I believe there was one other state. So that ruling set precedent. And it was a, it was their free exercise clause. So all of us in these states, it was already set precedent. So no university can deny a student based on that precedent, that lawsuit. So, again, if you had, unless, you know, I mean, it it became like a part-time job, maybe even a full-time job, you know, just following this and trying to become knowledgeable, you know, about how to, you know, what the rule of law was, because you you just can't, you know, we're all feeling that it's not right. But again, a lot of, you know, students and parents just didn't have the time or took the time because it just seemed so overwhelming, which it was at times. You know, to, to have the, 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 the uh, you know, arsenal to, to, to uh, legal arsenal to fight it, like, you know, the knowledge. Because what they were telling you and what was truth were two different things. Oh, it's safe and effective. Oh, we're just following CDC guidelines. Who is the CDC? I'm sorry. You know, when you would push back, 
you know, so you're, you're correct when you say, and that was the other thing, they all have these different forms. I'll give Ohio State this, their religious exemption form was pretty simple. Um, you know, we crossed out what we didn't agree with. We signed it and it was approved. Okay. Um, it was simple. Kent, on the other hand, I agree that uh, I, I remember we, we crossed out. I think there were like 10 points. And you agreed to discipline if, if you didn't follow these things. What are you talking about? What yeah. kind of discipline? It was very vague. So, you know, you had an initial next to it. And we just said, do not agree. And we crossed out a lot. We submitted. They denied my daughters. You know, this was for uh, a religious exemption. They denied it. We just stood our ground. We just stood our ground and said, uh, you know, that's basically a contract when they make you sign something. And they came back and said, oh, no, you have to agree to all of this in order to get this. No, 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 that's not legal. That's not that's not legal. That's coercion. That's the definition of coercion. You want me to sign this under duress? I mean, the, the, the amount of illegality that was perpetrated upon these students and not just students, but that's where my focus was, you know, sure. employees as well, you know, unbelievable, you know, not only privacy, you know, you don't have to write. That was the first one. And then we, I got an email, uh, well, my student, but I think I, I did too. Well, if you submitted that somehow you agreed to them, uh, contact tr tracing, tracking you. Interesting. But we didn't do it. We, we never did it because you just, everybody has to think. Everyone really, really needs to begin to think and do not let fear. I mean, come on. Right now, if people don't see the lies that have been perpetrated upon them, I have no idea how to help them. First, we were told it was 95% effective. Now we're up to four. Now they want like what? One every six months. If people did their own research too, on the CDC website, this age group, which I also, you know, sent on this information to these colleges, had more of a chance of dying in a car accident or from a drug overdose than from COVID. But they didn't make them not drive anymore, now did they? Or get in a car. I mean, it's madness what has occurred in our country, around the world. It's madness. See, this is an, this is an act of what I've said in previous episodes, is the sheer definition of a cult. A hundred percent. Well, how do you control people, you know, in the advertising industry, right? You got, you know, you got uh, pleasure and fear. Well, fear is the greatest motivator of all over pleasure. So they just put so much fear in people, lockdown, masks, you know, which again are proven to not work. You just have to go buy a mask and look at the, at, at the label on the masks that you buy at the store and they'll say it won't protect you from viruses. It says it right there. Everybody, that's research. Just look. Right. Okay? So, I mean, it says it on the box. I mean, people just need to just shut off the TV. 
shut up the news and try to really find sources that you can trust. And that is not easy. But I mean, really just start to critically think yourselves, you know, if it doesn't feel right, if this doesn't feel right, like now this vaccinating six months and older, this is, this is just criminal. Please parents, please wake up. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't have one vaccine for my child, not one. Because since 1986, and I don't remember what act it was, but something was passed. These vaccines aren't even tested anymore. They, they have no liability, these pharmaceuticals, since 1986. So if you as a company are producing a product and you have absolutely no liability, no risk of liability that you have to, you know, if you're sued, oh, well, your problem, not mine. You think that company's going to do all that expensive testing to make sure that product is okay? No, it costs a lot of money to do testing to make sure everything's okay. You know, and at what point is, is a disease virus eradicated? So we keep giving these vaccines. Who's testing that, okay, as a society, we've overcome this, right? Whatever happened to herd immunity? This is the only one. Why did they change the, the definition of a vaccine? These are simple questions that people should have and should be asking themselves because there's probably round two coming. So people, forget the masks. They don't work. Who this really affected was more elderly or people that were compromised. Then, you know, and most of the elderly aren't work working. Why do we shut things down? I, it, it's just like so people were so driven and it's such a shame. And I, you know, I've gone, gotten past the, at first I was so frustrated and angry with people. It's like when you see something so clearly and like, like I give the analogy, like, okay, I know in this like little pond, there, there's alligators in that lagoon. Okay. I know that. I know it. And I'm trying to tell people, you know, you don't want to go in there. There's alligators. There's alligators. And you could, you could die from those alligators. You know, you don't want to go in there, but then you keep watching them one by one by one jumping in. You're like, oh, it's so frustrating, you know. But now, you know, I mean, I, I, I've come to a less frustrating point. I just feel it's very sad. And then I, I, I feel like, you know, our, any, any doctor, like I said, any doctor or medical professional that tells you this is safe, you know, or you should get it, I would ask them, why should I get it? Can you tell me what's in it? Do you, can you please show me the long-term studies of, of, of its safety? I mean, especially when you're going to vaccine a six-month-old. Please ask these questions. I, I've said it on my show. I think these professions are finished. Yes, but here we are. At a, yes, I would agree with you. I mean, but, 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 you know, what happens when somebody gets sick? You know, it's just a very scary thought. Like if you if you come down with something or, you know, that you can't trust, you know, a medical, your doctor. I mean, that's we're in a sad state, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that and I and I do believe that's because so many of them bought into it, you know, and I think part of it is even if they 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 they, they didn't buy into it fully they, they had fear for their own profession because they don't want to be labeled an anti-vaxxer because what shame they gave people 
anti-vaxxer conspiracy. They shame. They shame people. I mean, the, the whole idea of like, you know, um, like intellectual debate, please, academia, stop it. No, there was no intellectual debate. They've never been there interested in debate. They don't want debate because they just no, they, they, don't. Don't, they don't want to even have the chance at being wrong. And, right. Uh, and they, that's why they have to double down on their lie here because they've been wrong this entire time and they will never, ever admit it. They will quit. They will change professions. They'll let the whole building and empire collapse before they admit any wrongdoing. Because the moment that they do, that's when the lawsuits happen, and then they'll be finished anyway. Right. Right. Well, the lawsuits are proceeding, and there are some victories, but you certainly don't hear about them. Yeah. You know, you don't hear about them. Be beyond the letter, let me ask you this. Beyond the letters that, that you sent the colleges where your, uh, the universities where your children attend, what, what, what's been the response, and what do you know now about what they're requiring and not requiring? Okay, well, so the Ohio State, it was, he had one year left, so he's graduated. Amen. Um, so that one, I don't know what they're doing right now. However, I do, so we, we went beyond the letters. So then they, they, they made this announcement. Well, so we were kind of trying to be proactive. Again, me seeing this coming down the pike in my sense. So, you know, we had submitted, we went to their websites for, um, any vaccine exemptions and we submitted a religious exemption um, prior to 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 it being enacted okay and it was interesting because we hadn't heard anything from Ohio State it actually um, was approved was it approved I don't want to tell you something that's not true I believe it was Mm, I'm not sure. I have to, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that for a fact. I'd have to go back there. Kent was very back and forth, very back and forth. But anyhow, so then after that, you know, then they, they then this is after they had these forms to fill out these COVID forms again. Why so different than any other vaccine? Right. You just had to write a simple statement saying, I don't want it to these universities. Basically, the MMR. Why was COVID vaccine treated different than any other one treated different than the MMR? Why? You have to find a, sign this specific form. Agree to all these things. See, that was, all the, that was all the fear propaganda, which is why they had the shutdowns of all the businesses, except for, of course, the big box stores. They needed, they needed the right. shutdown to visually scare people into believing that this is some sort of airborne thing and we're all going to die. Right. I mean, they tried it with SARS back in like whenever that was, 2008, somewhere around there, right when you yeah. know Obama uh, was in office. But, it, you know, it didn't work back then because they didn't have the shutdowns. Yeah. So then after that, so, so then, you know, so what I ended up doing with these schools, so then my son got the religious exemption, so they left him alone. But then with Ohio State, this is Ohio State, and then they wanted to do the weekly testing. Well, in our religious exemption, we put the weekly, we, we, we put the COVID test too, okay? And, um, you know, we, we did not include the masks, but we did do the testing as well. And um, because it is a medical procedure. And if you look at the, the tests, this is another thing that parents need, need, need everyone, not just, you know, needs to understand. These COVID PCR tests 
are still to this day under emergency use authorization. They have never been licensed or approved. If you look at the swab, if you look at the packaging, there are two letters on it. E-O. It contains ethylene oxide. This is what they use to sterilize the tips of these. Ethylene oxide is a substance that is in the same as it is in Roundup. It's not healthy. That's a known carcinogen. And to be regularly sticking it up your nose, you know, when they do your, like, strep test, they stick a, you know, swab in the back of your child's throat, you know, or yours, right? Um, you know, it's like, what do you have that done? Once, uh, whatever, in a blue moon. Not weekly. Not up into your brain cavity, practically, if they're doing it right, I guess. You know, who, or who's administering that. Um, and then... They're so inaccurate. I mean, look, you can go research who developed those PCR tests. It wasn't meant for this. So, I mean, people stop testing to this day. Stop the testing. It tells you nothing. And on top of it, you take the test, you're positive. Oh, now you're vaccinated and you're still positive. What do you do now? They don't give you any medication. It's like to 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 satisfy your curiosity, yeah. you know, and as far as isolating, you know, stop it. Because how many people have already, have you already been in contact by the time you probably are showing symptoms of it, you've already been spreading it, you know, if whatever is, which we still don't know. So then that was the fight then with Ohio State going back to the test and they want, we said, no, that was in our religious exemption that you approved. And they're like, no, everybody has to. So then that was affidavit time. We did an affidavit of fact, you know, and pointing out the legalities and, and so so forth, you know. And I went through, I don't know if you know of uh, Affidavit 101, you know that website? I do. Okay, so James, um, so that's where I, you know, got the help of doing that. So we did our affidavit of fact and we uh, sent the, them well, we hand-delivered some, and we got them notarized, and then hand-delivered it to, you know, the president of Ohio State, uh, the, the uh, chief medical officer at Wexner Medical Center, uh, and, and the people who were, like, basically doing a lot of these conversing with these um, COVID communications. You know, that were for these universities that were like setting the rules or, you know, people high up. Right. So so we presented them with an affidavit and then it was interesting because we got and then we sent it via email as well. So I like just did multiple, um, uh, you know, we, we did it multiple avenues uh, via email and attachment and certified mail. So interesting, Ohio State said, oh, well, if you want a to get out of testing, you can apply through ADA, the disability. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So now you've labeled him disabled. But, you know, we said, fine, you know, because it's all a game. It's all a game. So, you know, we, we put in here, you know, okay, whatever. Did they answer, let, let me ask you a question about the affidavit. Did they answer 
answer your response, your your questions or or your statements of fact line by line, or did they just tell you that you don't have to test as long as you just go through the ADA? Uh, I think that 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 if you want, you can apply through ADA. They gave us an out like that, but they they never addressed all those affidavits. No, no, of course not, because they couldn't. Unbelievable. Yeah, I thought they, they had a legal response. And, and by the way, I thought they were legally the, bound to do so. Well, if the only okay, so they're not legally bound. No, they're not. They're not legally bound. Um, all that does, basically, all an affidavit of fact does is basically say, upon a lawsuit, is that well, how come you didn't rebut any of this? Gotcha. That's really all it does. So it's potentially used as. As evidence or uh, yes, whatever you yes. would call that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, well, this was presented to you. You didn't rebut this, right? You know. Um, so, and and by the way, with public universities, and I would do this with all universities, uh, actually, because they're breaking the, the the law. Is these were all cc'd and sent to the attorney general of the state of Ohio. Yeah. So all this communication was sent there as well. You know, and you you could file with the Department of Justice, Department of Education, you know, but it's worthless. But but you could, you yeah. know, just to have it on record if you want. Um, but um, yeah. So so we did. So so then then they came back and said, oh well, you don't have to test. So. You know, it's, it's, it, this is, they're big bullies and they're, are, are, are trying to coerce people. And when push comes to shove, they know they have no legal authority in which to do what they are doing. So people push back. Kent was a different scenario because I had a nursing student. Right, so you're dealing with now. Well, let me ask. Let, let me let me ask you one more thing. Let me finish up with your with your son okay. at OSU. Did uh-huh. did he ultimately end up testing or applying for ADA, no, or he just said "f it, I'm not doing any of this"? Well, he, he they they said oh it was approved. We just ignored, but we had never he had, he never tested once, not 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 in two years. Okay. Because initially, when they were in lockdown and they kept bothering him about testing, he just verbally said it's against my religion. And then they never bothered him again. Oh, really? Good. Okay. I was going to yeah. say, did they harass him or threaten him with expulsion or anything like that? No. And But then when they, when they made it mandatory, this was pre-them making it mandatory after Biden approved comernity. Um, but uh, then... You know, it was then they were trying to, you know, come back with their weekly testing. But, you know, again, we just said, no, you approved our religious exemption. It was in that, you know, and, you know, and then they gave us that because they had to give themselves an out to save face. Right. Right. That's what the ADA thing was about, in my opinion. That was to save face. And also, you know, so so if if he was going to talk maybe to other students, well, you have to go that go through this which is BS. You don't, you know, you just say no, they, they can't legally make you do it. And to withhold, especially for public universities. Now these private universities, it, it might be a little bit different 
you know, but still the law is the law. You know, we have a constitution, so they can't violate that. You know, you just have to keep pushing. You just have to keep pushing back. Who's the paying customer here, for God's sake? Oh, it's maddening. It's just maddening. You know, so, um, yeah, so now Kent State. So we were trying to be, again, proactive, and we went to the school. So in July, my daughter knew she was she got, got accepted to the nursing program. So we started beginning of August, like, okay, I have, you know, uh, you know, religious, you know, you know, concerns and concerns. And before I um, go down this, you know, arduous and expensive uh, path of nursing, I want to make sure that I would be accommodated. And they came back and said, yes, that. So, so at first they came back that the dean of the nursing school said we would have to check with their, you know, their places where they did uh, the, the nursing clinicals because it wasn't about Kent State because at the time they hadn't mandated it was about the clinicals, the institutions where they did clinicals. So, so SUMA said no right off the bat, which isn't legal. Uh, Akron General, or was, no, 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 University Hospital, uh, we never heard back from, and Cleveland Clinic said yes, that it was okay, they would accommodate her. So we got this approval, so, you know, that made us feel good, still trying to get you know, things like in writing, all the, you know, the, the you know, T's cross and the I's dodge to make sure we have everything documented. And then at the end of August, uh, maybe it was, yeah, I, I'm getting them confused, Ohio State and Kent State, because I was dealing with both of them juggling. But anyhow, then uh, then Kent, maybe Kent was August 28th. I don't know. One of them was. But um, made the announcement that they were going to make it mandatory for all the students. So, oh, so that's when we applied. That then you had to apply then. You had to apply again, okay, again, after we went through this with Kent. Because we're like, what does this mean? Went to the student ombuds. Well, that only applied to the clinical places, not to Kent State, as if the two are disconnected, hmm. right? Like, like, like. In other words, you can't very well get your B B S N without Kent also approving it. Aside from those clinical places, right? And she was told she could she could complete her B S N. They would accommodate her. She could complete it, no, no problems, as long as it was done at Cleveland Clinic, because that was the one that we had an approval from. So Cleveland Clinic approved an exemption. Yes. That's, However, I got to say, I was going to say that's odd because they were real tough on on not allowing any exemptions. I thought Cleveland Clinic came down hard on everybody. Okay. Well, but listen, this is why we have a big lawsuit. Okay which I have not filed yet, but anyhow. So they, they, this is what they said, and then Kent does this. Then we have to go through Kent State University's form to apply for a religious exemption, which we crossed out multiple things because it was like, what does this mean, blah, blah, blah. Anyhow, and so then it was de denied. And, you know, we just basically let it go because, you know, you have, you, you have no right to deny it. And then we, we basically sent a letter the student ombuds and CC the the other person you know that was on that who was the, who like from there 
I think it was like their vaccine, whatever they called it, deny that you know was on the denial. Because they never used names, mind you. They never used names. Right. You know, and pointing out that they didn't have the legal, asking them, you know, what your legal authority is. Can you please, you know, send us the 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 uh, vaccine schedule, the mandated or whatever the required vaccine schedule from the, uh, you know, from the state of Ohio. You know, and um, uh, and this, like, you know, if, if we we would go through these items that we don't agree with, if you could explain them further, we never got a response from that email at all. So you ignored it, we're going to just ignore you. So we just, you know, then started proceeding, doing our affidavit of fact to to the, I believe that was when we started. Again, I have to go back on my timeline of things because it's a little bit, you know, again, dealing with two students wasn't easy at different places. But um, so then it was November, I think it was the beginning of November, that when the Cleveland Clinic makes the announcement that they're going to mandate it, okay, because they hadn't, right? They waited, so they made this announcement that they were going to mandate it. So, the nursing department, the nursing school, sends out this email to all the students saying, basically, I'm just paraphrasing here, but um, that um, basically any any exemptions. Or any any anything would be removed. So nothing you know, would be accepted, basically. Exactly. So Bella reached out to the to the dean who she had been working with, the assistant dean of the nursing school. What does this mean in regards to me? Because we've been working with her since beginning of August, so she was very familiar with Bella. There was a lot of correspondence back and forth, and she um, said know that you'd have to get it been removed and they had to because they wouldn't get funds for the cms ruling blah 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 and she and she sent this link to the cms ruling well in the cms ruling itself if you press on the link they actually stated exemptions for religious and sincerely held beliefs as a as as a they accept they so we pointed that out to her excuse me you know, then then they're like, well, we're guests of these facilities. We can't control what they do. So it's the blame game now, right, with my daughter being caught in the middle. But we're not paying them for the BS, and we're play, paying you. So you need to stand up for your, your paying customers, your students. If you care so much about your students, you need to stand up. They said that she, they, that she, they gave her now, now. At the end of the semester, basically, you're saying no. So anyhow, we push back, and uh, you know, letters, affidavits, you know, just emails, like you know, to cite their legal authority to do this. I mean, and then you don't hear anything because they have no legal authority to do what they're doing. Right. You know, just because the hospitals wouldn't get funds based on the CMS. Well, no, even in the CMS ruling. There are exemptions for that. If you, if you, if you, if the link that they provided, it was such a joke. It's like read it. So what the Cleveland Clinic is telling you, if that's what they're saying, oh no one, no buddy, that's not true. It's not even in the CMS ruling, you know. And also, for any kind of religious exemption, you do not have to prove. 
you know, you could say, I believe in Mother Earth and everything natural, and I won't put that, you know, in me. So you don't have to prove what your belief is. You don't have to prove and you don't have to be. So these letters that some of them were requiring from pastors and priests and whatever, that's BS. You don't have to do that by law. I mean, so there's just been so many lies. And if you really understood it, people really understood it. I mean, they would just feel so, so deceived. So because de they have been. It's it's criminal. These are it is crimes against humanity at, at all levels. I continue to be shocked that these institutions have seen all this pushback and they haven't thought for one minute that 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 this entire thing that they're engaging in might be criminal and might actually cost people their lives. Well, because I, I honestly believe it and saddens me to say, I don't think they got <sighs> much pushback. They didn't get as much as they should have. And lawyers were nowhere to be found. Yeah. That's why people like James the Patriot, Affidavits 101, and other people, you know, like him, you know, trying to educate people on how to defend themselves, you know, by using the rule of law, um, were invaluable. Because, you know, I personally tried, reached out to five different attorneys to try to take this. And either they didn't want to take it or they were inundated and, and, and really, the students are the ones that really fell in the crack because, like, I reached out to Liberty Council, and I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they do a lot of, um, like, religious, they're, they're like a nonprofit law firm, if you will, that fights for religious freedoms of people. And so, but they were so inundated by, you know, people's livelihood, grown people. So like a college, so they were so inundated with these people losing their jobs, right? That they don't have time to deal with students, right? Because students, you know, it's it's not their livelihood. So they were just so inundated. You know, and even I reached out to actually Great Lakes, who, who took the soccer um, team, they took those on, and they, they couldn't take it. And I'm, 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 you know, and, and I, I, I feel like that those, then they were inundated. These, these, these few, few good lawyers that were willing to take on the system then became inundated. And then they had to pick like their, I think their priority of cases. Like it might be, you know, a, a, a father of five that's going to lose his job over this or a single mom who has to feed her children you know what i'm saying yeah so those are the cases that they're going to have to focus on and take on not a student so in the end so so then and i believe it was in large part and i don't know because i don't know behind the scenes but we really pushed back with kent and to the Cleveland Clinic. Again, cite your legal authority to do this, citing the CMS ruling where it does give give um, exceptions for accommodation. And, um, you know, one is medical and one is religious or, or sincerely held beliefs. It's there in the CMS ruling itself. So SUMA and uh, Akron General and, and, you know, all of them, by law, by law, if we are a nation of laws, had to provide an accommodation for these people that 
that felt that had those two, um, you know, ex- ex- exceptions, right? So by pushback then, that already during like November, okay, this is November when Cleveland Clinton Media announced, then the, the nursing school announces this. They're already starting like like two weeks after the announcement to do their um, scheduling for the spring semester. That's clinicals. For my daughter, that was that's clinicals. Unless you're a fresh, uh, no, no, it would be clinicals because your first semester, once you're accepted, you know, she's a sophomore. So she went through the, the basics of the freshman year and then you have to get accepted into the nursing program. And then the first the first semester is like your basics, like, you know, chemistry and biology. I don't even remember all those, maybe anatomy. I don't know your basics. And then the spring semester, you start your clinicals combined with in class, you know, that's the nursing program. And so now you got to do clinicals. Well, so here's my daughter up in the air. We need an answer. So two weeks before so then the Christmas break comes. Two weeks before the semester is supposed to start, emails come out from University Hospital and the Cleveland Clinic allowing for religious and medical exemptions. Two weeks before the spring semester is supposed to start. Amazing. So schedules have been already done. So you want to talk about coercion. So... You know, my daughter was so disgusted at this point, she switched majors. Good for her. And, um, you know, I'm very proud of her. I'm very proud of her because that was a very hard decision. You know, it, it brings tears to my eyes that we live in a country where she couldn't pursue her dream. Well, she wanted to stay alive, and that's far more well, important. Well, that's right. Well, she wants to have children one day. That too. Yep. You know? This is going to crash down on all of these people. I'm telling you what. Yes, it they, will. they have no idea what they've done. No. And it's going to hit the them. Myocarditis. Yep, all of the it. Myocarditis, and that's not something that's curable, everyone. No, it's not. You know, all you have to do is look at the news. Oh, this person young dying, this person young dying, this person young. What's happening with these athletes? It's real. This is real. You know, wake up. And it may be painful for you to wake up, but you need to wake up because round two is coming. What do you know, speaking of round two, what do you know off the top of your head right now or from anyone you've heard about the jab requirements at Kent State or Ohio State University. I haven't, well, got, I haven't, I haven't gotten on their website in a long time, so I'm, I'm not entirely sure yet. Well, so this is interesting. So we push back, we push back, and in the meantime, then, so we kept pushing back. We sent affidavits. Okay, so we did the whole uh, recommended steps from James: affidavit of fact, affidavit of status, and criminal complaints. And all of this was done and, and uh, went also to the Attorney General of the State of Ohio. This, this went for Kent because we had to go that far because it was ridiculous. So, you know, we, we, and we sent these all to the, the, not only the president of the university, but the Board of Trustees. And I, I forgot that the Board of Trustees gets these things too because they're liable because they take an oath to uphold the Constitution. 
and Ohio's constitution also protects your religious right. And everybody has their different way, you know, but I just studied this and I like James was one of the ones that was really helpful to me along the way. Um, uh, uh, I also followed her. I have different feelings on her, but Peggy, um, Peggy Hall. So she gave a lot of great, you know, tutorials um, on things and she still has a lot of YouTube videos up. Um, I do think that she starts to take advantage of the situation um, for financial gain a bit. You know, not that people should work for free because it's time consuming. You know, at the same time, I think it's, some, it's called the healthy American. Okay. So, but, but she's not a lawyer. She was an educator. And, but hers were very good, informative. You know, I just think she got caught up a little bit maybe in some money making. This is what I think. But, yeah. um, you know, so, but I would still think that there's just a lot of good YouTube videos she has that inform and help people, uh, you know, fight. And she specifically dealt with some college people. There's also a really, she is a rock star. This woman is a rock star. Nicole Pearson, Faith, Truth, Laws, and Justice is her law firm in California. Because So she's in the belly of the beast, which is California. So she has won against Newsom for them, like for the for the students in California. So if you go to her website, let's see, FL Facts, Law, Truth, and Justice. That's what that stands for. And Nicole Pearson is her name. And if you go there, she has resources on that website. This is a this is a ethical lawyer. This is a, 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 a this is what a lawyer should be. And so she has like templates on there, resources, cease and desist letters. She, she lays it out there. She's really trying to help people. So, and oh, that's what this was. 21, I should know this by heart that I was taught, I was said the FDA. It was 21 USC 360 BBB-3, Emergency Use Authorization Act. That's what that's called. So the masks, the tests, and the shots were all under this. And so, again, now debating about the community, what's approved and what really isn't approved. Like, where's community? Right. Right? So, but still, the masks and the testing are still under this. They're under that act. So they have no, if you don't want to do it, they, they cannot make you. They cannot make you. Yeah. They have to do a reasonable accommodation for you. You know what I think? I think the enrollment is going to be flat at these colleges and universities. And I think that they know that. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, they're not going to have any. Ch- I mean, they're between a rock and a hard place, as I've said on my show, situationally speaking, because if they lift their mandates, which are illegal anyway, as we've discussed here and as my audience certainly knows, that the current students who are still attending, who are double, triple jabbed, they're now going to feel tricked because now they're going to have incoming freshmen who aren't who don't have to get jabbed and don't have to wear a mask or maybe don't have to get jabbed but do have to wear a mask it 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 puts the current students that have been there throughout this entire time uh on an island all by themselves and they have to feel tricked and betrayed to some extent well 
as far as I know, Ohio State is still keeping it in place. They are not boosting. I can send you, I can I can email you, I think I have it. Someone posted, because there's a site on Telegram, no college mandates, and some mom made an Excel sheet of all the all the colleges as best she could, and, and and who's mandating and who's not. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, I'll forward it to you. Thank you. Uh huh. And um, I had a guest on my uh, show from Louisiana, and they said that LSU to attend LSU, at least their graduate school, you have to be boosted. Well, there's some. Yeah, Boston University is requiring boosted, and then at, at what point do you stop? How many boosts? <laughs> How many dead? Right. How, I, mean, I mean, they're, they're killing they're, off they're, all their students. Well, right. Well, so uh, let me get back to Kent really quick because this is interesting. So then my daughter has to register, and they're threatening, you can't register. No, no one who has, has if, if someone hasn't done this, they can't register. You know, meanwhile, my daughter has never tested, never vaxxed. We just push back and keep pushing back using, you know, these criminal complaints. We filed it all, you know. So anyhow, um, and, you know, the, I, I got a whole the whole packet of all of it, affidavit of fact, affidavit of status, criminal complaints, all of that. That's this, you know, and I spent several hundred dollars on this, you know, getting it. But that whole thing went to the attorney generals of the state of Ohio because if there's a lawsuit – they are going to be the ones defending that public university. Yeah. So anyhow, so then, you know, so February, my, my elderly mother has a very bad episode. And so, you know, we don't even know if she's going to live. So I'm very distracted. And um, anyhow, then registration comes around. It's March. And my daughter's like, Mom, I have to register next week. What? And, you know, you, you're feeling like, okay, I'm exhausted, you know, emotionally with everything that's going on. And um, I, I'm like, okay, I just, I, I can't, I, you know, I, I fought all I can. I, I haven't had time to file a lawsuit myself. And, you know, I'm not educated enough. I, do, I am doing this course, How to Win. Um, by Dr. Graves, but you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's not easy. That's not easy. None of that is easy. You know, you go to law school for a reason, right? I mean, cause you know, it's particular you don't want it to do something that's, you know, going to be thrown out. Um, and that's why I really am trying to, and, and, and he's, and he's been another one who's been, uh, you know, good, albeit a little bit, I'm going to say late in the game is Warner Mendenhall. Um, in Akron, a lawyer, he's taking on OU. Um, who else is he taking on? I thought he was taking on Bowling Green. And um, so I think the OU one, I, I don't know, but I'm following him. So basically there's that template that he has because basically all these universities did the same thing. So you can use his lawsuit as a template, which is kind of what I was planning on doing. And then just, you know, because you, you have to do things precisely right. in a court of law because you don't want to throw it out. But anyhow, I digress. I'm sorry. So so at this point, I had been doing something. I got very involved with trying to get HB 248 passed. Do you know what that was in the state of Ohio? Yes. That was the okay. uh, vaccine freedom kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anti-discrimination. Right. Yes. 
And so I was getting signatures to try to get on the ballot, which unfortunately our attorney general turned down three times. But um, I have something for your show to get the word out. But anyhow, so um, so um, our and our and our representatives just wouldn't wouldn't put it to a vote. They would never put it to a vote, which is a sin. So anyhow, we couldn't get on the ballot. But when I was trying to get signatures, I went to the um, Summit County GOP. They were having the you know to, to try to get some signatures. Um, for, for, for people, from people about this, you know, HB 248. And so I met someone actually there from, um, the attorney general's office. So this probably should be public information, but so this is, you know, anyhow. So I just ended up calling the attorney general's office when I, when, when my daughter comes to me about this. And like, mom, I have to register and they're not going to let me register, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up calling the attorney general's office and saying, listen, unless you people want to be sued because you have all that on file, they are violating this law, this law, and this law. And if we go to court, you will lose. So you need to tell Kent State University to back off to stand down because what they are doing is illegal and so a week later two weeks maybe i don't remember but my daughter gets a letter saying oh you don't agree with it you don't have, you know we've removed the whole feel free to register i'm paraphrasing wow okay it just disappears like that and then Five days after she got her email, all the students got that email. We're no longer requiring it. There you go. So this is what, again, don't know if that phone call did it. I'm sure it was a combination of things, of people. But it does matter to push back everybody. It does count. This You have one body. And again, what happened to my body, my choice. Please stop it. Everybody wake up, you know, and you know, you can't go back. You can't take this out of you, but don't ever let it happen again. Stop it. Don't be feared into these things. Do your research when, especially when it has something to do with your body. It's not removable. It's so maddening, you know, but it's like, you know, you do still see it around. I mean, you still see it, you know, as my son's applying for jobs now, you see it, you know, in fact, he did get a job offer and, you know, they've required it for the company and it was quite a good job offer, offer and, you know, it was from the state of Florida and he just said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to do this, it's, it's okay, and they said, okay. And they took him anyway. Yeah, if he wanted it. But he ended up not taking the job. But yeah, they would have, yes. They would have accommodated him. Amazing. Now, again, they're in Florida. So maybe, you know, because DeSantis, you know, that could be why. Because the company on the whole is extremely, you know, any company that's requiring this at this point in time, you really have to wonder about that company. And I'll tell you what, they're hurting for employees. 
I read these posts, these anonymous posts, all the all, all the time on the on these chat boards, and it's mm -hmm. endless people saying, you know, I got back from vacation into my company, hundreds of employees, and at least a third to half of them are uh, are are out sick, and at least ninety to a hundred, almost a hundred percent of them are all jabbed. And they're, I mean, right. eight, their HR departments are panicking and they're, they're doing whatever they can to try to find replacement employees. And they're, they're still not making the connection that it's the shots that are doing it. And also, just because you have a sniffle, don't take a PCR test. It's telling you nothing. They're so faulty. So, oh, I have COVID. So now I have to isolate for what's it now? I don't know. It was 10, 7. Now what is it? Right. I mean, they keep taking them over and over again. Please, please. They're not authorized, and they're not authorized for a reason. No, those, Multiple reasons. Yeah, th those tests were FDA recalled last summer, yes. and then it didn't yes. it didn't go into effect until December. So they let them be fraudulent this entire time, and yet they still rely on them. That's right, and not one has still been approved. Not one. I mean, licensed, right? right. Approved, licensed. Yeah. Not one. So when people say this, it just goes like, I just, I, I just, you know, it's like, again, you see it so clearly, like, like the, like the lagoon with the alligators, you see it so clearly. And I just I'm like, please wake up. And I still see these people walking around with masks. It's like, it's not, it won't do a darn thing, but I'm glad you, okay, that's okay. You know, again, if that's what you want to do, I'm just about freedom. You know, if you want to get that vaccine, you go right ahead. Just like the flu shot, you go right ahead, you know, but for, for these things to be forced upon people, these need to be remain a choice. That's, that's paramount. So again, you know, if that's what you want to do, it's not my body. You go ahead and do that, but do not be forcing that stuff on me or my children, you know, to, to have an education, to feed your family. This is ridiculous. This is not America. So what do you think is coming down the line here this semester? Well, so uh, Ohio. Well, again, I think it's the same. I, I think they're. I, I'm not sure they're going to de be doing the boot, the boosting. Um, you know, just because as it unfolds, people are saying like, okay, he's has how many boosts? Biden and he has COVID. Vaxxed and boosted are getting COVID. I mean, so what does that tell you? It's not going to stop it. It's not going to stop you. And, and your and your your chance of dying f from this from the get-go was was almost nothing but again if people would have looked at the cdc they could have found those statistics but they just didn't no. plus they believe they're, they're they believe these, these doctors they, they they and they went into fear that the combination of those two things you know and it's just sad but you had to get you had to have the medical profession you know buy into it to 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 you know it's so all these doctors oh no you need to get it you need to get it you need to get it Tell me why. Can you tell me what's in it? Show me the long-term studies. If you can show me those things, then I can make an informed consent or not consent. This is how we've always been. Why was it different with this? Because it's a kill program. It's a depopulation mm -hmm. agenda. They need as many people as possible. Yep. And uh, I, I guarantee that this year, in colleges and universities and even K-12 schools, they're going to see a sick and die off like they've never seen before. 
and it's already yep. it's already happening at the K twelve level. Uh, I just got done talking about it for for Wednesday. Is that uh, these these K-12 districts are having to now change all of the parameters when it comes to teacher qualification to hire employees because they have no one wanting to be teachers. And they're closing schools left and right because they don't have enough teachers to fill their buildings anymore. Well, that's good because let's just homeschool people. Let's Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, we're just... But, you know, it takes we the people and people just have to start standing up. Don't fall for it again. I mean, I so as far as I know, Ohio State, I don't know about the testing, but I know that they're requiring the vaccine again. Um, and I don't think they're requiring any boosting, but the vaccine. Um, Kent, we have not gotten any emails that it's changed, that they're at now going to go back to requiring the vaccine. I, I don't think they're going to do it. Because legally they can't, you know, not to my knowledge. I don't know now if they have incoming freshmen, if they're going to make a difference, like, oh, if you're incoming, you have to, but if you've already been there and who knows what the percentage is of the, you know, that had it with, that didn't, you know, because you got Kent's kind of like, there's a number of commuters, you know, um, versus Ohio State's more, I would say non-commuters. Kent has, probably has a higher level of commuters. I don't know that, but I guess that. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know what their percentage, but like Ohio State touted that 97% of their faculty and, and students were vaccinated. 97. I can only hope, I'm only hoping that these students lied. <laughs> I'm hoping that there's like, come on, what happened to the rebel students, right? No what happened to the, the rebel generation of like the, you know, we need some of those rebels of the like 70s and 80s, young people, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, to, to, uh, to fight against the man or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and so we don't we we they seem to just you know roll over much. So, um, but you know, so it was just through a lot of pushback, letters, affidavits. You know, you gotta you gotta learn your you gotta know the laws that they're violating by doing what they're doing, and they're pretty simple. You know, I mean, just one basic one. I mean, again, your free exercise clause. You know, if you're if you're taking the religious stance, you know. And then the, the medical, I mean, there's exceptions for that. Again, the CMS ruling, you know, that law, CMS, well, oh, no, well, they won't get paid because of CMS. If, if not, everyone's vaccinated. Well, uh, I don't think so. Well, I mean, then, again, uh, it, goes, it goes against everything we've ever, you, 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 you cannot force a vaccine on people, Yeah. any medication. And the number of people that don't even know that the exemptions were actually a thing and are still a thing is is shocking to me. I mean, there yeah. are students and students and staff walking around not knowing that those exist. Yeah. As unethical yeah. as even those are, because those shouldn't even have to exist. Agree. Agree. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. You should just say no. Thank you. Well, they shouldn't. They should. They shouldn't be allowed to require a medical procedure. Where is your license? Where's your medical license? You know exactly right. I mean, um, so you know, so you know, we we, we 
you know, I agree with you 100%. None of that, none of that need, it should have just been like, no thanks. It, it shouldn't have been mandated. But, yeah. you know, it was. So then, you know, you, you, you know, you could say, okay, my, my medical privacy, right? You know, my medical privacy. So, you know, we didn't, you know, my son initially, you know, because before Ohio State uh, required it, they asked these kids to, to upload their their vaccine card. And how many just did it? Cause, but also they kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Well, it makes you wonder you know, too how many of them, how many of them, if any, were prosecuted for uploading fraudulent vaccine cards. I mean, all of it is against the law, but it's forcing. It would, you know, as you just mentioned, it would it would force even some of the most ethical people to upload fraudulent documents, and then you have the. You're, I mean, you're running the risk of being tried for fraud and being charged with fraud. Yeah, but I think that they wouldn't do that because the pushback of what they did was. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right? They might just say, like, hey, you know look, go get so the I shots. Think it's again, and yeah. again, you know, I'm, I'm just praying that there's a percentage of, 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 of people that did that, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping because, I mean, you know, you know, it took a lot of time to do what we did. It, it, it was a lot of time. And, you know, of course, my, 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 Children are still children. I mean, they're, you know what I'm saying? Sure. My, my son is 22, but do they know how to do this? I mean, they're going to school. I mean, it, it took a lot of my time. I mean, you know, on top of I have my own business. So, I mean, that, that gave me a little bit more freedom of my time in a sense, in a sense. But, I mean, yeah, it was very consuming, very consuming. Well, you saved their <laughs> so, lives. Well, I mean, I'm just, you know, you, you just have to push back. You just have to stand for truth. And look, at the, I mean, and, and look at the other end of the spectrum. I mean, you saved their lives through being curious, being skeptical, and knowing that this was wrong. And yet, on the other end of that spectrum, you have parents that have killed their children. I mean, they told them, you know, you need to get this because this is important and this will keep you safe. And now those children are dead. And if they aren't yet, they're probably going to be. Well, look at that. I mean, I wouldn't want to be that parent. I mean, look at look at um, the young girl, Maddie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Every time I see that mother, I feel like, oh, my gosh, the, 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 the trial. Right. She I served mean, her own daughter up for the trial. Yes. And the, yes. and the daughter didn't even say no because the daughter trusted the mother. Yes. So, I mean, you know, how she has to, uh, I, I, I just can't even imagine. I don't wish that on anyone. But, you know, it, again, I tried to, 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 I tried to inform people in my circle that I cared about mothers who were, were friends of my children to say, you know, discern this. I, I sent them like very early on, like a 21 white page from frontline doctors, you know, and, 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 you know, discussing all about the, you know, the, this and um, about the vaccine, about the, the, the uh, risk of um, the development of placenta 
which of course had to go with the fertility and all of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, 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 because don't take my word for it, you know, so I tried to send them, you know, articles, but then when you hear, you know, and then a lot of people, they just, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Most of them caved. Yes, they did. And, and it makes me very sad because I pray that nothing happens to their children because even more so, you know, because I tried to give them information and I can't imagine, you know, oh gosh, I don't even want to think about that. Let me ask you that real quick, if you don't mind. And again, you don't have to answer and that's fine, but do you know anyone personally who has been, or have you heard of people who have been injured and or dead as a result of these shots? Because again, I've had guests on who have told some horrific stories. Um, you know, personally, no, I, I do not. I do not personally. I, I know of some, like, like one of my daughter's friends, she woke up this one day and like half of her face was numb, but it just went away that, I mean, I, I pray to God I'm wrong. Right. But, but you're already seeing this. You're seeing it. You're seeing these young athletes die. You're seeing the myocarditis. I mean, these are things that are coming up. Go to theirs. Again, you don't have to take my word for it. And this was early on. And this is what Dr. Peter McCullough was trying to say. They had 25 people in the trial. This is 25 people died. Never in the history of medical uh, science approval for, for pharmaceuticals would that ever, they would stop it immediately. That's what he was saying. Yeah. Why are they not stopping it? I mean, and I found this very early on and and it was October, I think it was the 21st of 2020. The FDA uh, did this theirs. It was for the VRBAC meeting, and it was the discussion about um, how these how this would be entered into the VAR system, any any adverse reactions. So on the slide, and this I don't even know. I don't know if you could even find it anymore on the internet, but I I actually downloaded it I have it and I have a picture of the slide and this is what I sent to all the presidents of the universities uh, initially I sent them a picture of that slide um, because it says possible adverse events possible and pericarditis myocarditis death it's on there I don't know if you've seen this or not. I have. In fact, that uh, that consent form that Pfizer put out not only says all of that, but they, at the K-12 level, they, they would pass that around. And, uh, and even though it said death, I mean, the number of people that still took it was astounding. Because instead of reading the documentation, they would rather just believe what their television told them. Yeah. And I mean, even their own bosses, of course, and school boards and XYZ were telling them this is the safest thing to protect against COVID. I mean, it was nuts. 
Right. But instead of doing their due diligence as an individual, they just went along with the crowd. And that's going to end up being the most deadly mistake that they've ever made. Yeah. We as parents, I think most parents taught their kids, you know, don't follow the crowd. That's right. But they all did. It's it's just very hard, you know. It's just very hard because um, I don't know what they're feeling now. You know, I'm not. I've not talked to uh, any of the people that I basically kind of tried to warn that you know ended up saying you know making their own different decision. You know that I, I just wonder how they feel now when they see these if they're even seeing it. You know, because they don't obviously advertise a lot of this, but, you know, if things are kind of connecting or if they, like you said, I personally don't know of anyone myself directly, um, but, I mean, every every week, you know. But I will tell you, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, since you have a mouthpiece before I forget, um, do you know about the... Um, it, it passed phase one. They're going to try to make an amendment to the Ohio Constitution for religious freedom Good. of choice. So I'm going to, I'll send this to you. I'll send it. It's a, um, an email that I got. So they need 600,000 signatures to get it on the ballot. So it, it passed level one and now we need 600,000 to get it onto the ballot in May. What's the amendment? You know what? I, it's, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's it's at. I'll send it to you, and you can research and look at it if you think it's good or whatever. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, since we couldn't get HB two forty eight passed, I mean, I would say this is the next best thing to you know to to that. But again, our our representatives, uh, except for a few, um, you know, just sold us out and wouldn't vote on anything like this yeah but so now we as the voters have to decide uh, yeah so i i haven't read it thoroughly plus i, I you know i i forward on the email this was the initial group that i got the that gave me the that i submitted and went out to get signatures for hp 248 gotcha. so i'm assuming it's it's a decent and i shouldn't you know i haven't read it thoroughly so but it, it, it is for an amendment to ohio constitution which i think that well, I think DeSantis maybe did something like that and in just an executive order. Yeah, you know, well, like we have a right to refuse. You got a right to refuse, basically. Yeah. So we just want to put this in the in the constitution of Ohio. And so then, you know, we'd be covered. You use whatever you can to, you know, try to awaken people. This is all we can do. And, you know, people please take action. Please resist, because it is a game of chicken. Like with Kent, I mean, really, two weeks up until they're sending though, you can't register, you can't register, and you just keep gotta keep pushing back, and by any means, and because what they're doing isn't legal. So where do you go? You have to go to your attorney general. But if you had this paper trail, you know, like I did, right? Everything was all mapped out. This is what we've been through. I mean, we had emails that they that in this whole packet of the affidavit of fact, you know, their emails saying, yeah, you could go to, to any Cleveland clinic facility and then no it being taken away. I mean, we, it was all, and, and any lawyer looking at that would have to look at their client and say, you know what, you're, you're wrong. 
uh, just settle, forget it, walk away, forget it. So, you know, these are the kind of things that we have to be doing, you know, you, you know, and it has to be done. And that's the only way to stop it. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.